On this week's episode, we spitfire a whole host of number ones, mull over Hermione versus Black Widow, and give our non-spoiler review of Captain Marvel. It's all happening now on Cover B. Hey everybody, welcome back to Cover B. Hi guys, happy Friday. Yes, Friday has arrived. Friday is here. And we are ready. And has manifested. <laughs> we got a lot to talk about today, so we're going to move kind of quickly on transitions. Um, so let's start with what you read this week. Yes. So I didn't have too many standouts, but the two that I want to talk about, um, Morning in America number one. It is a new indie comic. It's setting itself up to be four girls in small town America doing their thing and then apocalypse. Hmm. Very, very paper girlsy, nice. which I'm always down for. Um, not set up quite as weird as Paper Girls, but who knows? But it's edgy kids in like the 90s, so I'm digging it. I'm feeling it. Um, my other book was Female Furies number two. Oh, cool. How how was the follow-up to that number one? I get what they're trying to do. And I respect what they're trying to do. Because it's one of those books that's like, Look how awful misogyny is, but it's still a book that's making you stare at really painful misogyny, and it's really over the top, and it's kind of like when you watch one of those movies that's trying to depict the horrors of war, mm-hmm. and while you understand that there's a message, it's still really hard to watch yeah. and very uncomfortable. You're like, okay, I get it. Like, it's just really heavy-handed, and I, I don't... I don't know how much I'm getting from it. I'm going to hold tough because I'm really interested to see if it sets up how Barta chooses to leave and all of that, mm-hmm. which could be super cool. And the interviews I've read from the author have said stuff like that. But I don't know, man. It's really hard right now. <laughs> Fair, yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not what I would call a fun read. So there's that. Mm-hmm. But those were my two for this week. What about you? I have a metric ton. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, most of it's Marvel. Marvel had a big week, um, so I'll go through those. I'll start with something that's not Marvel. Ronan Island, number one. It's a new book out by Boom, I believe. Um, It's set on this island, obviously, that is uh, kind of a bunch of expats from various countries in the East. So, like, there's Chinese people, there's Japanese people. And it's set during, like, feudal times. Um, it was cool. It, it, I feel like it would be a good pick if you're a fan of things like Naruto or Avatar. Oh, cool. Because it's got that kind of, like, young adult feudal adventure story feel to it. Um, and I think it's targeted at... I didn't see anything in it that was like, whoa, mature readers, please. Um, so, now diving into Marvel stuff. Bunch of stuff happened. First of all, I'll start with... Not a number one. Uh, Black Order finished. So the Black Order miniseries. The miniseries following the Black Order, obviously. Nice. Um, that wrapped up. It was cool. It was a nice kind of character building for those characters. We've seen them a lot with Thanos stuff. And they were in uh, the Avengers No Surrender miniseries, which is what this is a sequel to. This is basically the miniseries Black Order is a bridge between Avengers No Surrender and the current Guardians run, so it kind of sets up where the Black Order has been during that. Um, 
it was cool. It each issue focused was from the perspective of an individual member of the Black Order, so they each got to kind of tell their story and uh, really like get their personalities on display. And it gave them some extra depth aside from depth aside from being uh, just heartless killing machines they still ultimately are but you know they have motives and motivations and loyalties to each other and stuff like that so it was cool as for number ones there was a bunch that came out darth vader dark visions number one came out uh this mini series just started um it essentially is i think a five issue mini okay that each issue is going to focus on someone's experience witnessing darth vader to some degree so he's not the main character but he's like the narrative focus okay um so the first one is from the perspective of this kid and darth vader like crash lands on his planet and then fights this kaiju um and it's epic super great darth vaderisms um but it's it's a cool series it reminds me a lot of this book that i've read um, which is a great book for Star Wars fans. It's called From a Certain Point of View. And it's a series of uh, short stories that focus around the initial trilogy. Um, I think actually just New Hope. Okay. Um, so it focuses around New Hope, but it's all told from like characters on the side. And they're characters you recognize from like famous scenes of the movie, like patrons in the cantina and like the guy who you know, works the bar at the cantina and, like, the little mouse droids that roll around. Like, it's all told from these so perspectives. Cool. Um, but it follows the story of New Hope. And uh, it was really cool. And there's a lot of comic book writers that do stories in there. Like, Kieran Gillen has one. Uh, Mabu. I want to say Greg Rucka has one. So there's some good good writers in there. So check it out. Uh, that, that one's called From a Certain Point of View if you're a book fan. Your, for the comic, uh, Darth Vader Dark Visions is a miniseries that just started. Check it out. I also read Ziggy Pig and Silly, Silly Seal number one. Ziggy Pig and Silly Seal. That is a tongue twister one. if it's, I ever heard yeah, one. Yeah, it's not made for radio. Um, <laughs> I fudged it. Uh, it was funny. Uh, I like when Marvel does kind of throwaway comedy titles that aren't just like Deadpool kills blank. <laughs> and uh this one was it was humorous it wasn't as like meta and funny as they've done in the past like still one of my favorites is during secret wars they did secret wars 2 which was like a comedy book based around the events of secret wars and that one was hilarious but this one was okay it was not bad um it was good for a chuckle so if you want just kind of a light book that's chuckle worthy there's also a secret variant fun fact you collectors out there um, so if you go to your store and they have a Ziggy Pig Silly Seal number one, where on the map it's got a poop emoji, on the map they're holding, um, do the right thing and let your store owner know that it's a secret variant and either buy it off of them for what it's worth, which is like 30 some odd dollars, or let them sell it online for 30 something dollars. Don't buy it at cover price and flip it, you ass. Um... <laughs> There you Public go. service announcement. There you go. How to not be a freaking asshole. Don't do that. <laughs> and then speaking of humor, Cosmic Ghost Rider Destroys Marvel History started this week. Uh, it was okay. It wasn't what I expected. Um, wow. The whole premise is that 
Cosmic Ghost Rider, who is Frank Castle from the future, who both made a deal with Mephisto to become the Ghost Rider and then eventually became Galactus's uh, Herald and then eventually became Thanos's bitch. Um, he's stuck in the past, and the whole premise is that while he's stuck in the past, he's been messing with Marvel history. So he's been popping up in like big moments in Marvel history. Huh. The entire first issue focuses on his time with the Fantastic Four, and it's funny, but they, I don't know, I don't feel like they took it far enough. I was kind of expecting, like, full, like, craziness, like, crazy stuff, but it's pretty much just, like, the same events happen, but Cosmic Ghost Rider is there, and people don't like him. You know what I mean? It's just, like, you know, the Fantastic Four still fought the Mole Man, you know, Mole Man and his Moloids or whatever, but this time, Cosmic Ghost Rider killed some Moloids, you know, and people judged him for it. And I don't know. It's It wasn't as... I hope it gets more meta and more, like, aware of humorous itself. and aware of itself and aware of the premise. Um, but the Fantastic Four issue didn't wow me. So I'm giving this one hmm. kind of a... If you love Cosmic Ghost Rider, you'll probably dig it. I was a little bummed. I swore that, like, Donny Cates was going to be writing it, but then I found out he wasn't. Hmm. Um, whatever not the end of the world and then uh the art i kind of went in the artist on it sandoval i'm not huge on i went yeah. in expecting it to be terrible admittedly i'm sorry i just am not a fan of sandoval's art um it wasn't as bad huh. honestly as i've, I've seen good. it in the past, so. well either way it kind of sounds like frank castle's really living his best life so yeah it's true um <laughs> there's some funny dialogue moments in it but i feel like i was laughing more at the stuff outside of the Fantastic Four stories, because without spoiling too much, he's telling these stories to somebody. Oh, okay. And the somebody he was telling it to, in my opinion, was the funniest part of the book. Huh. Um, so, I don't know. I, I went in expecting more guffaws, and I left with some light titters. Fair enough. So. And now, your cover bee news. With your hosts, Chris and T. Yes, yes, it is again time for the news. Can I do my thing? Don't do the news news thing. We have news music. We don't news, need news. News, okay. There. Um, I got it in. <laughs> Real quick, as there's not much details on this, I wanted to mention that apparently there is a third Walking Dead series coming. Um, it was mentioned, one? yeah, uh, the it was mentioned by I believe the showrunner of the current series um, in a it's like a creator conference call or some industry conference call or something. Um, not really any details, no release dates, no real story elements, but apparently they've got a third one coming. Um, they were asked how they feel about the dropping ratings of the current, you know, main Walking yeah. Dead, and they just chalked it up to it being old, which makes sense. I mean, huh. it's tough for a series to maintain its ratings and its viewership. But then the answer to that is to do another one? Yeah, I mean, you get something new and fresh, and people are... Plus, you know, if you do something that's not related to the comics, then you get to do, like, new stories and fresh stuff, and people aren't expecting everything and comparing it to how it is in the books. So, 
it could be cool. I don't know. I've never been huge on The Walking Dead in general. He says as he's sitting here wearing a Walking Dead shirt. Um, <laughs> I have a shirt. Uh, but, you know, it could be cool. I, I never got around to watching Fear the Walking Dead, but I had a good few people tell me that they liked it better than the regular one. Oh. So maybe. Well, that's interesting. Maybe they'll do something cool. Hmm. So. Interesting. Um, I just have a lot of movie news this week. Cool, hit us. Um, so this one's comic writer related. Okay. So they announced that Brian K. Vaughn, writer mm-hmm. of Paper Girls, mm-hmm. which we already mentioned because Paper Girls is great, is doing the writing for the live action Gundam movie. Okay. So kind of a weird hmm. situation, but Vaughn writes some crazy shit, so like... Cool, let's do it. I'm in. I'm down. Um, other news, we've got Ricky Whittle, who is in American Gods, Neil Gaiman show. Yeah. Um, he is apparently in talks, no confirmation, but in talks to do a Green Lantern movie. Um, okay, neat. They haven't said anything more about it. They haven't said who he would be playing. I am personally hashtag team John Stewart because... There's a part of me that like... While I would love to see a Jon Stewart movie, I kind of wish they would just go whole hog and make... I don't know. I don't know which one would piss the fans off more. You know what I mean? Like, if they had a black Green Lantern and they made him Jon Stewart, would they just... Would there be people that are like, oh, I see, he can't be the main Green Lantern? You know, because Hal Jordan is kind of like the Green right. Lantern. Um, or would they be pissed if... They made Hal Jordan black. I guess it's, you would just be like aggravated. You'd be stirring different hornet's nests. That's I true. I feel like. I feel like they should just go ahead and do Jon Stewart because I feel like that's less of a hornet's nest because so many viewers know and love the Justice League t- like cartoon TV show, the animated show. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he did a great job of establishing a fan base as that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there'd be more mainstream acceptance if he was Jon Stewart. Fair. Yeah. Cool. And then the last bit I had, there's not a whole lot of details on this, and apparently it's not set in stone, but there are talks that Emma Watson is up to star opposite ScarJo in the Black Widow movie. Hmm. We don't know who she'd be playing. We don't... Hermione. <laughs> I mean, you don't know what Hermione the does Red when she Room grows up. sends Black Widow to go take out a terrorist cell of wizards. <laughs> oh my in, god, actually I would watch the hell out yeah, of I'd that. Yeah, I'd watch the shit out of that. Oh my I would, god, that, that would sounds be my amazing. that would be my favorite movie of the century. That sounds glorious. Black Widow fighting Harry Potter and his friends. I you know? I She like shows up and it's like during the like battle for Hogwarts and Voldemort's like giving a speech and she just like pops him. And they're like, whoa, you saved us. And she's like, time to die, wizard. And just like starts mowing them down. Oh my God. That, that's Bullets epic, reflect though. off of Neville's massive teeth. <laughs> you know. Be cool. I'll be down. Well, be down damn, for that. that's better than yeah. any Black Widow movie we're going to get. So Marvel, call me. <laughs> Again. Ring, ring. No. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. I know how it's gonna be. It's just it's just because it's gotta take time for Disney to buy Warner Brothers. Yeah, right. 
<laughs> we gotta let him finish the fox deal and then we're golden yeah but um yeah we don't we don't know who she's gonna be playing um and apparently there's like three other people in the running but emma's in the lead and it's quote unquote a female bond type so okay. i that is still completely ambiguous and it could mm-hmm. be some newbie that has never existed before it could be somebody from the comics we don't know Fair. but it looks like we're about to have hermione in the marvel universe yeah. so there's that Speaking of movie news, Steven Spielberg is taking shots at Netflix. Taking a big move at Netflix. Trying to get streaming services like Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon specifically, I think, barred from Academy Awards. He's trying to claim that they are essentially made for TV movies. And he, a long time ago, I think, has various times that he said... You know, if you're a made-for-TV movie, you are a TV movie. And even if you have, like, a limited release, you don't count as a theatrical film. And you can win an Emmy, but you should not be allowed to win an Oscar. Huh. Um, this is coming, obviously, hot off the heels of Netflix. I think taking home four Oscars this year. Um, yeah, I know. Three Roma. for Roma. Yeah. And one for period, end of sentence. Okay. Um, the documentary. It was a short form documentary. So he's all peeved. I literally have not. I read like 15 articles on this and I have not heard a single other Academy governor. I think they're called governors because that's like the most pretentious white person <laughs> thing you can call. You know, short of being like, I'm an Academy Duke. Um <laughs> Duke of Film Steven Spielberg announcing. My lord. And then he like in a silk robe just like tootsies his way down the stairs and he's like, thank you everyone for coming. Might I interest you in some caviar and some brandy? Um, That's how I picture Steven Spielberg's life. (laughs) Anywho, the... Academy uh, Jedi Knights, they all, (laughs) like, all of them are like, no, this this shit is great. Like, we need to accept that these streaming services give filmmakers a lot of room to do a lot of extra stuff that big-budget studios wouldn't necessarily allow. And Netflix came out with a tweet um, that was a direct shot and really well put... um, doodly-doo let's see if i can pull it up here in a timely manner having all my stuff ready to oh god there's a momo thing at the bottom of this oh no scared the shit out of me um (laughs) just scrolling around a creepy face looking at me okay so netflix films twitter said we love cinema here are some other things we also love access for people who can't always afford or live in towns without theaters Letting everyone, everywhere, enjoy releases at the same time. Giving filmmakers more ways to share art. These things are not mutually exclusive. Very well put. And uh, the reality is most people are saying nothing's going to happen. Like, Spielberg hasn't made any, like, real moves to vote down, you know, vote in laws among the cadre of Academy people to like bar these streaming services right um but he has said it a few times now i think since the academy awards so it's been like a few times in a short amount of time um i don't know i mean i i feel like he's 
kind of one of those guys getting to a point, if you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. where he's just going to kind of have issues with stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, I feel like if Netflix didn't exist today, you know what I mean? Like if we lived in an alternate universe where we didn't have Netflix right now It'd be else. with these Academy Awards, he'd be trying to bar superhero films. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like it's just whatever the new hotness is. He's going to be like, that's not back in my day. Get off my lawn, you kids. We had to shoot films by putting our hands in front of flashlights. Um, (laughs) Here's something. (laughs) Making him sound more like a Scooby-Doo bad guy. (laughs) I would have gotten it away with with it, too, if it wasn't for you meddling streaming services. (laughs) Uh, the final bit of news I wanted to talk about is fairly sad, and I just heard about it before recording. We're actually recording a little bit later in the week, uh, which has me in a panic, because um, <laughs> I've got like, I've got to record this, and then I have like two hours to edit it before I have to go to bed, or I will literally not be able to wake up tomorrow. Um, so we're stupid, uh, but there's a reason for that, and you'll find out once I finish rambling. Um, but this just dropped like last night or today. Uh, but Arrow is ending. <gasps> After season eight, Arrow is over. It oh, no. sounds like it was a Stephen Amell decision. Um, so Oliver Queen himself sounds like he wants to move on to other things. Um, what, he can't continue to brood? Yeah. Um, no word yet on what that will mean for future potential crossover events. I feel like, you know, all they got to do is say the word and he would show up. Apparently, everybody involved in the Arrowverse just has a great time doing it. They all talk about, like, him and Flash, like, tweet at each other and make, like, bromancy statements towards Aww. each other and stuff. Um, but, yeah, he is done after, I think they're coming back in the fall for a 10-episode run of season 8. They're going to wrap up everything that they have loose. We're not caught up yet, so I don't know specifics um but yeah he is done arrow is gonna be over the creative minds behind arrow apparently pitched around ideas on how to keep it going without him but they just decided to call it you know maybe we'll get a spin-off series with other characters or maybe they'll be able to focus on other things it honestly sounds to me like the Arrowverse is going to be taking a big shift here pretty soon because I, I didn't read into it too deep, but I heard rumbles that Supergirl was soon going to be replaced by Superman, and they were just going to focus on the Superman show. Um, and I know they're bringing, they're planning on bringing Constantine back because he's been so popular in Legends of Tomorrow. So, hmm. who knows? Maybe the Arrowverse will be a whole new thing eventually. You know, maybe Flash will end, and they'll bring in a different character. They'll do, like, a Green Lantern thing, or I don't know. Well, and it's been nice because since they're all kind of cohabitating and they all show up in each other's shows and, and, you know, live amongst themselves, Mm. I'm sure that if somebody in Arrow is not ready to be done, there's somewhere else for them to move to. Mm. They can can easily be placed within one of the other shows. True, true. And it will be weird. Any of the, like, they're, like, posse. If they're like, right. I don't want to leave, you know. I you need this income. Like, <laughs> yeah, just toss them over somewhere else. So, because they're all great, you know. They, again, we're not caught up, so I don't know if it gets shitty there. Um, but everyone is worth keeping. Minus Felicity. There, I said it. 
Olicity sucks. True. There, Hashtag. I said it. Hashtag Olicity sucks. So that's your news for the week. There's, a, I mean, a bunch of other stuff happened. So get out there and tweet some news at us if you want. Um, but that's what we had. So if you don't like it, get your own podcast. <laughs> But don't, because we really don't need more competition. We don't. <laughs> We're already losing the race. <laughs> so, like I mentioned, we have a, an odd recording scheduled this week. The reason is we're trying a new thing where instead of talking about a new superhero movie the week after it's released, we're going to try to talk about it first weekend. So, we went out and saw Captain Marvel. Um... Not the Shazam version, the girl Marvel one. Um, and we wanted to talk about it so that those of you going into the weekend who want to see it can have our review. We're going to do a spoiler-free review, so there's no worry about spoilers. Since we're doing it opening weekend, we don't need to do that. Um, we can always approach spoilers later on if need be. But this is our spoiler-free review of Captain Marvel. T, what do you think? So there was a lot of crying. There was a lot of crying. I cried yeah. a lot. Yeah. So, okay. Small, quick backstory. Um, I have been looking forward to this movie for a really, really, really long time. Um, I read a lot, as you can tell from listening to us for 17 episodes now. I listen to a lot of, or I read a lot of comic books that are focused around a female um protagonist because I like to see myself represented in comics. So I have read, you know, Captain Marvel and, and She-Hulk and Hellcat and Squirrel Girl and, and you name it, I've probably at least touched it. Mm. And <laughs> you just go into stores and you're like, touch. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, ma'am, please stop. <laughs> exactly. Are you going to so, buy that? Maybe. Maybe I'm gonna you touch know? it. I'm gonna touch it. I'm gonna touch I you. you. Ma'am, don't touch me. I touch it. Don't don't touch. I touch it. Um but part of what's been really hard for me is that in all of these TV shows and these movies that they've introduced, all of these really important female characters in the comics who often have their own solo adaptations have been used as side characters a lot. I mean you know, they brought in Jane Foster before Jane Foster was Jane frickin' Foster. You know what I mean? And so what that's left for me is that I'll, I know for a fact that so many of these characters that deserve their own screen time are just not gonna get it. I mean, it's taken how many flippin' movies for us to even get hint and whiff of a Black Widow movie? Mm -hmm. So it's been really hard on me. Captain Marvel's one of those that I've been reading for a long time, and it, it means a lot. And one of the best things about Captain Marvel is that she is incredibly relatable. And despite the fact that she's one of the most powerful beings in the Marvel Universe, she's so normal. She's mm -hmm. weird and quippy and says things that you would say to your friends. And she does things that are just so basically normal that she's so incredible to relate to. And a lot of that is Kelly Sue Iconic, and it, it's incredible. So when they announced that they were doing the Captain Marvel movie, it meant a lot because it's literally one of the few characters left that have the opportunity to have their own movie. And for me to see these characters that mean so much to me properly represented on the big screen. So going into this movie, there had been some mixed commentary because, mm -hmm. you know, 
there's always a little huff and puff when you've got a, a non-primary visible group up on the screen and a female superhero is bound to address its own you know hoopla and nays and name calling from all the sides um so i went in so excited but so pensive and and honestly scared mm. because this could very well be you know the first and last of my characters represented this yeah. way yeah i told people i was going into this movie cautiously guarded <laughs> yeah that's a good way yeah. of putting it yeah so honestly i went in you know and and i i'll be the first one to admit that when i don't like a movie or when a movie doesn't work i i will admit it i won't just like a bad movie because because of reasons because of yeah. fandom i i didn't like star wars 8 i didn't like it i came home and sat on my bed and i cried because it wasn't <laughs> what i wanted I know it sounds weak. You're but such an extreme I'm a, fangirl. I'm a hard fangirl. I, I am yeah. a deadline. This movie gave me what she deserved. Mm -hmm. It It is Carol. If you have ever read any Carol comics, which a lot of us have, it's, it's spot on. Brie does such a good job of emphasizing that voice and being normal and relatable and yeah. real and organic and yeah. she feels like carol mm -hmm. and that's all i wanted from going in yeah i agree um shout out to the carol core by the way if you guys what? are listening go out and see it um overall i thought it was a really really good superhero movie um you know i think marvel definitely knows what they're doing now and it definitely shows and they've started to take chances with making characters different than the formulaic style that they've been. You know, yeah. like, Carol is funny in this movie, but not in the kind of, like, overly cocky... I mean, she's she's cocky and she's confident, but it's not in the, like, Tony Stark dismissive way. You know, she's she's more rambunctious, go get him, like, come at me kind of confident. Um... Overall, I thought, you know, in the grand scheme of things, if you dissect it, there was a little bit of odd pacing. But the I reality is they had a ton to fit in because they're skipping over the whole Miss Marvel years. Yeah. You know, they're... Which is good. Doing a lot of changes <laughs> to her origin in general. And they're having to handle both her origin and her return to Earth and her adoption of the Captain Marvel moniker and like status all in one movie it's a lot to handle but i still think they did a good job overall making you realize who her character is and developing that character entirely and i think that in and of itself is at least a large portion due to the chemistry that brie larson and samuel jackson have on set absolutely it was one of the most refreshing buddy moments <laughs> yeah. on screen since like classic buddy films like they get along so well and they play off of each other so damn well and um i really i really just want to see them do more together so it's yeah. kind of a shame that if you haven't seen Endgame or if you haven't seen uh infinity war i'm sorry but it's kind of a shame uh nick fury gets dusted yeah the snap because i would have liked to see them be together more but the you know 
just breaking it down like i said pacing was a little weird the acting was a lot better than i kind of thought it was going to be from i feel like they picked the chunkiest lines to put in the trailer yeah like i don't like the like heroes noble warrior heroes line because i just feel like it's poorly delivered and poorly done and poorly written and i feel like they picked a lot of that like really just clunky stuff I and agree. put it in the trailer so i really went in expecting it to be kind of on the like kind of cringy at moments but there really wasn't any of that it did a good job handling the whole like this movie's about women empowerment without making it like really in your face ham-fisted so they're not gonna alienate anybody with that they're not gonna you know it's not like women can do anything you know she focuses yeah. more of her attention just like black panther wasn't like white people bad but they still you know they covered racial elements but they didn't make it like a freaking spike lee movie you know right. what i mean like it, right. it wasn't like raving foaming white people everywhere um just like this it had moments of men being douchebags yeah but and it you know referenced like women get talked down to about their emotions and about being weaker and stuff but it wasn't about like constantly throwing that in as a plot device it really wasn't it didn't. um i oh, also um really enjoyed that they kind of you know bouncing off of the buddy comment they do a good job of um subverting that standard because they make her the straight man mm -hmm. which is awesome and you never really get to see that side of samuel jackson mm -hmm. so i i really enjoyed that yeah, fun. but um one of the things i just really w quickly wanted to mention was that you know on the side of the women empowerment it passes the bechdel test almost the whole freaking movie mm -hmm. and for those of you who don't know the bechdel test is a woman having a conversation with another woman talking about something other than a man. And it's based off of a comment made by, in a comic actually, written by Alison Bechdel, and it's called The Bechdel Test. And you would be surprised how many movies cannot pass it in any capacity. Mm -hmm. I mean, so rarely are two women having a conversation not about a man. Yeah. And this movie passes it like... The whole freaking time. Mm -hmm. And it just, it's its so nice to see a movie that doesn't feel bogged down in gender really at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, the yeah. gender thing's not yeah. that big of a deal. It there's, just, there are no stereotypes. There's, it's so yeah, nice. They have some quips in there, definitely. Like, yeah, there are definitely some quips in there. But I mean, that's what they're going for. They are going for this to be like a very empowering movie. And they succeeded and they exceeded like succeeded in a way where the message is like fully gets across to everybody, but it doesn't feel exclusive. Right. And that's the biggest thing. And I know Brie Larson had a little bit of trouble going into this because she made some fairly exclusive comments. Um however you feel about that, she didn't mean it. You know what I mean? Yeah. She came out, she just has trouble composing what she wants to say before she puts it out that is my opinion i, I don't can know relate her. To that. i don't know her I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't know her personally but that's what i think happened there is that she wanted to say one thing that was very inclusive the words that came out though felt very exclusive um but it's a very you know it pushes a social point without being so political that it antagonizes or alienates the group that you know is i guess the subverting group 
you know what I mean? It doesn't. The opposed. Yeah, yeah. Um, Other points I just want to mention, visually stunning. There was some wonky CGI. I think they may have just rushed bits of it where she looks a little like, you know, Matrix 2 fight. (laughs) Like a little like claymation-y. Um, but the visuals were great. I loved the soundtrack. It was... Oh my god, it's so awesome. All female soundtrack. It was really good. Um, female grunge left and right. The first, like, 15 minutes were exactly what I want out of a Mass Effect movie. Um, (laughs) and it was just, it was cool. I mean, the story wasn't one of those superhero stories where it's like, they're in villain, he in bad, why him so angry, me punch. Um, so it had, like... (laughs) It had a little bit of a different spin to it and a different feel to it, so that was good. Um, there was some twisting and turning a little bit, some changes in characters, really relatable, likable people. It was good. Yeah. Um, it was a good film. And on that note, you know, we mentioned, T mentioned earlier that they're, you know, going into this movie, there's like grumbles from the crowd. And, you know, anytime you have a movie that doesn't, primarily focus on a white dude um the freaking incels are going to form outside like the orcs outside of Minas Tirith so uh (laughs) it's just how it goes they're out there stomping their beer bellies and like slamming their Cheetos on the ground and it's just rage but I really hope to anybody who might have not liked you know that Brie Larson interview controversy that came up or now there's the whole she apparently did a wired video and everyone's like why does she sound so angry get over it um you know if anybody doesn't like hell if your main controversy with this is that the Shazam movie has to be called Shazam while this one gets to be called Captain Marvel whatever your controversy is if you have some sort of sensationalized attachment to a story that's drumming up controversy about this movie set it aside don't bring your politics into the theater because the only person you're hurting is yourself because what you're gonna miss is a really fun action-packed funny superhero movie with a golden heart yeah you know it, it had a lot of heart it had a lot of love a lot of friendship it had good feels to it it had awesome space fights it had you know awesome alien shit like there's a cat there's a cat there's a freaking cat in this there's movie a cat named so Goose. if you if you can't get over your drummed up controversy your like fake anger your rage at nothing your bigotry and your politics then you're missing out on a great superhero movie absolutely that's the end even if it's even if it's just oh i don't go see any marvel movies because i'm a hardcore dc fan set it aside go see this one because it was good it was was very good um it was it was very well done so now marvel i need you to look at this and see how good you did and do it again with more women (laughs) She-Hulk hasn't been touched yet. Mm-hmm. You know, Hellcat never got properly announced on Jessica Jones, so she's still fresh. Yeah. I mean, we got Moon Girl. You know, we don't know. Well, I mean, technically, Scott Lang's kid got poofed. We think. But we don't know that. Don't know that. So maybe yeah. she could be Nadia. I mean, maybe well, she Well, I mean, and everyone's know. coming back. Right. So there's yeah. so many there's so many options. There's so many options. powerful chicks. 
yeah. in the Marvel universe. I don't even I don't even freaking care. Just pick one. Just pick one. Yeah. And go with it. Hell, you could do a Domino movie now because you own the Fox rights. <laughs> Let's go. I'm in. Yeah, I, I I think they will. I mean, there's plenty to choose from, and they've got to start finding new superheroes to do because they're, you know, Cap's done, Iron Man's done. You know, they've already said they're not touching Hulk again, so do a Hulk with boobies. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, and if cool. you really, yeah. really want to piss off the people that you've been mildly pissing off, an America Chavez movie ain't gonna hurt nobody. Yeah, you got That would be dope. She punches star-shaped portals to other dimensions. Yeah. That is dope. I mean, you Do got, that. <laughs> you got Kamala, you know, Kamala Miss Marvel. You've got Ironheart, you know, you could do, you could figure out how to get Viv Vision in there. Like, yeah. you know, they have these characters that they can you use. You own X-23 now. Yeah, and you could <laughs> pull out an all-new Wolverine. You could start doing the X-Men stuff and bring them in and do, like, individual movies with them. Um, I don't know. I think there's a lot of options, but don't do it, I guess, you know, while tease at a call to arms for more girl movies, <laughs> more like <laughs> women-focused superheroes. Don't do it because they're women-focused superheroes. That's the biggest thing to remember is that, you know, inclusion is about making it the same. Right. And if you're doing something, and that's another thing I went in kind of worried that this would be very pandery and it would be like, look at women, women, woo women. <laughs> but it was a superhero who was a woman. That's it. Yep. That's all it was. It wasn't pushing an agenda. It wasn't politicized. It wasn't overly ham-fisted and forcing it down your throat. It wasn't exclusive, like I said. It was just a female superhero well, just a superhero who happened to be a female she was never she i mean the woman thing came up but she was not who she was because she was a woman she was who she was because of who she was there's even a part and this isn't spoilers but she's going up against the big bad of the movie and it's like a big confrontation moment and she isn't like I'm gonna I'm strong because I'm a woman she says I'm strong because I'm human yeah you know she is her humanity is what makes her strong not her gender yeah so and and that's the thing like when I say this call to arms for more women character representation it's not because they're women it's because they're characters that deserve it mm -hmm. it's characters that should have been at the table in the first place because they are just as good as the characters that already got picked up because they were more digestible by the primary audience mm -hmm. like you know iron man's great but she hulk's great too and and these characters are equal and and they matter and they should have that same representation because they're good characters yep. with interesting stories that should be represented yeah and it's it's going to be nice to see how the marvel movies go forward from here like that's what i'm really excited about because just as you watch this movie i mean thanos already proved it but captain marvel just solidifies it there are much more powerful people out there 
than what we have on earth right now you know what i mean the avengers we have right now are like i mean even in this movie she's like blasting scroll dudes and alien dudes and they're just like taking it like oof you know what i mean if she did that to like joe schmo over there he'd have a gaping hole in his chest (laughs) so it's just it's it's it sets a tone for what's to come that's going to be really interesting to see how they make it approachable yeah because you know once iron man's gone once the hulk decides whatever once thor moves on with his life if thor moves out i think chris hemsworth has said multiple times that he'll play thor until he dies i don't know um <laughs> but once you know you don't have an asgardian once you don't have a super scientist with it and you got dr strange still so you got that going on but a super scientist with insane technology and you don't have a giant green rage monster it's like if you just got a dude with wings and a chick with guns i mean you got vision potentially if he comes back and you've got scarlet witch but like it's just the level that people can be at yeah the sheer capacity that they can do so like are they just going to rely on captain marvel going forward is she going to be their cornerstone or are they going to enlist new people with like insane abilities and if so who are those people going to be will we see the inhuman surface again and will we just forget that whole inhumans thing you know there have been talks of the eternals yeah so. so it'll be cool to see but Get out and see it. Definitely worth seeing. Um, really, really good. Like I said, you can nitpick it, but you can nitpick any movie. Leave your politics at home. Um, it is worth a watch. It was a lot of fun. I'll probably go see it again at some point. More than likely. And, and we'll ladies, own it when it comes out. I'll, pr- I'll tell you what. She gets in her costume, and I cried like a little girl in that theater. <laughs> I, I just sat there crying. A lot of references, too. So keep an eye out if you're a total movie nerd or Marvel nerd uh like i am keep an eye out for all the easter eggs because there's a ton of yeah there's a lot this movie. So. like about as much as like a deadpool movie <laughs> so very referential so that's it for us guys i just wanted to take a quick moment to apologize i know this is i mean i guess it's kind of coming out to the same time but i know we kind of rushed the news segment and the comic segment um we're trying a new filming schedule and our schedule's all mixed up right now because of personal stuff um so apologies if it feels rushed um like i said we're going out of town on friday so we don't have a lot of time to film this and get it edited and stuff and anyway (laughs) that's my apology sincerely apologize if you feel like anything if you particularly prefer the news segments or you prefer the comic segments i'm sorry those were rushed but that's gonna wrap it up for us that was a good episode i dig it yeah it was fun I need so, to go have dreams of Captain Marvel. Yeah, I need to spend all night editing. Um, <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. If you want more Cover B, follow us on Facebook and Twitter mm-hmm. at Cover B Podcast. You can follow me and Chris on our Instagram accounts, which you can find on our website, www.coverbpodcast.com. And it's still a ways out, but if you are in Florida, in or around Orlando, Florida, in the middle of May, T and I will be popping into MegaCon. We don't have a booth or anything, um, but if you recognize us from our Instagrams, pop over and say hi. I'll probably be wearing a Cover B shirt. Um, And I will be cosplaying i don't know what yet once i have that figured out i'll let you guys know so you can come and find us and be awesome we'd love to meet our listeners that would be cool 
Anyway, we hope everybody has a good weekend. Thank you for listening as always. And we will see you guys next week for the next episode of Cover Me. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.